Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. morning show. Today is Monday, September 26th, and we are going to have a high of 23 degrees here in the Edmonton area today. It was hot last night. It was, and we're going to have a couple more hot days, and then it's going to settle into some fall weather. I had a terrible time trying to get to sleep. <laughs> Normally, it's just like a nice cool breeze coming in. I'm like, it was hot. Yeah. It wasn't until like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, this isn't changing, is it? Yeah. Enough about me. How about you guys? How are you guys doing this morning? Thanks for joining us live on the uh, Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Uh, we are live at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday, every week. All you got to do to join in live is uh, download an app called Podbean. That's the app that we use to, 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 to join in live. You can join in on the chat like everybody else is this morning saying good morning. You can click a call-in button and call in and ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free. Uh, alternatively, you can also uh, listen on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, etc. Podcast Addict. That was another one that came up recently. We are on it. Oh. Yeah, we're on it. We're on all of them. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, whatever you're into, we don't judge. <laughs> I judge a little. <clears throat> I judge it in your ability to get up every morning and take action. Start your day off right. But, you know, people do what people do. Absolutely. Um, big news this week. What's that? Uh, Friday live training is coming back. This week? This week. Is it Thursday live training? No, nah, it's Friday. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it on Friday. Uh, I don't know. We might switch to Thursdays eventually. And then I got to change all the, all, the, all the promo graphics and stuff. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so let's keep it on Friday for simplicity. Um, yeah, no one ever joins in on Fridays. I mean, we had people join in, but it wasn't as much as, you know, especially during the, during the summer. Yeah. Um, people are always doing stuff. But Friday live training is back. And this Friday, we've got um, a very cool session. Uh, we're going to be talking about deal analysis. And it's going to be led by Joey Critch and Jared Como. They're going to be showing you how to analyze a deal in five minutes or less. That's this cool. Friday. And to attend that, all you got to do is join our free Facebook group, Real Estate Investing Masters. Awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like I, I saw, I saw you, you post that at some point and I accepted the invite, but Thanks. we never talked about it. It's okay. I got it. <laughs> you just focus on taxes. <clears throat> Very cool. Yes. Uh, quick word from our sponsors. Absolutely. There's no secret. The key to making money in real estate is buying at the right price. And one of the best ways you can do that is by working with a professional and established wholesaling company like DCI Properties. DCI Properties operates in Southwest Ontario, Calgary, and Edmonton, and have successfully assigned over 350 properties to date. Why pay retail on the MLS when you can save thousands buying off-market? To get on their buyers list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or for Ontario deals, 
go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. Thank you for that. Thank you, DCI. I still got to get some WD-40 on that chair. That chair is very <laughs> squeaky. You guys hear it? Oh, that's, that's, that's bad. Because um, I like to lean back uh, while Gabby's talking. I just like to lean back in my chair in the mornings. But uh, I can't do that if I get a squeaky chair. Uh, um, Taylor other... has a question. Well, is it? It's relevant. Okay. Oh, you want me to read it? Okay, let's see. Silly question. What time is Friday live training? I don't remember when it had happened before. I don't even know what time Friday live training is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's 6 p.m. I um, I live off my calendar. <laughs> I don't remember times anymore because uh, it, it, it's just one thing that you can kind of just, you can kind of outsource. You know what I mean? Uh, and by outsourcing, I mean like keep, keeping it out of my out of, your brain. out of my brain, trying to remember what time I'm supposed to be doing things. It is Friday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, but yeah, if you guys aren't already doing this, um, get yourself a good calendar app on your phone. We use um, Google because it's tied to all of our Google um, emails, Gmails, um, and your calendar, you can choose <clears throat> which email account to be logged into. This might sound a little complicated until you actually start, you know, playing around with it for yourself. But um, it will allow you to choose which email you want to log into which email account. And if you have a shared email, say like a rentals email with your partner, then they will be able to access, they'll be able to see, they'll have the same calendar as you essentially. Right. And then you can color code it if you want, like your stuff, their stuff. Don't like don't start throwing random stuff in the calendar and making it overwhelming. But I can look at the calendar for this week. And I did 10 minutes before we started the show. And I was just uh, having a peek at it with Gabby this morning, just looking at what do we got going on this week. And um, it helps me schedule things. You know, if you let's say I'm going to give a crazy example. Say you got one car. We sold our truck during the uh, uh, during the pandemic. We went down to one car because I don't ever leave the house, but I have to kind of plan when I'm going to be going into the city because if Gabby's got something going on, then I can't use it. So I'll look and see what she's got going on rather than like running upstairs or, you know, call, giving, calling Gabby and being like, hey, what do you got going on today? I need to go into the city. Just use the calendar. It saves you um, having to um, talk to your spouse. <laughs> and it also just saves, to do that. Saves, saves energy, right? We talk about bandwidth a lot. You know, Gabby's in the middle of shit. She doesn't want to be like answering my questions all day. Mm -hmm. So if we can save those questions and save that energy and just look for ourselves, it makes it so much easier. And we never miss an appointment. We never forget an appointment. It's all in the calendar. Mm -hmm. Right. So I highly recommend it. We don't talk about that very much. I just look at that as like common sense. But um, we that was something that we added in like in our second year as investors <clears throat> and we we're just trying to be more efficient and uh i don't know it's just it's it, i sometimes i forget that when i before i was you know, you know an entrepreneur an investor i was just an employee and i went to work and i came home from work and the only thing i had to remember was what time my favorite show i was on was on on sundays and if i had to pick up milk on the way home you know what i mean yeah 
if I was going out with the boys on Friday, that was probably the only thing I was thinking about outside of work. Yeah. Going out with the boys on Friday. And then if I can't remember what time, I'd shoot the boys a text, right? Or the group chat. So as you become more and more, you know, involved in entrepreneurship, you, you're going to get a lot more busy. There's going to be a lot more meetings, a lot more phone calls, a lot more things to remember, a lot more statement of accounts that you got to submit, you know, before the 10 days is up. Gabby. <laughs> Gabby forgot to hit send on the email yesterday. Oops. So the missed. one I was supposed to send on Friday. The one you're supposed to send on Friday so that you don't hate yourself on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. The calendar will help you. Um, um, make sure that you don't miss that. Sometimes. Except for that one time. Sometimes. <laughs> Except for that one time. Well, do you want to know what happened? Is I do want to know what happened. Because for those of you who <clears throat> saw my story, um, I set a reminder in my calendar for Friday that said statement of account is due on Sunday. Finish it today so you don't hate your life on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And like I literally wrote that in the calendar because I needed like a reminder of not just like don't don't just like not like, hey, statement of account is due, but like do it today so that on Sunday you don't need to pull it up and and deal with all that. But because I was so confident that I was going to be completing it on Friday, I didn't put the actual deadline in the calendar for yesterday, for Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I woke up and I remembered and I worked on it, but I was waiting for um, for the person who did the inspection to send me a couple more pictures. Oh. And so I just like, I was like, okay, well, as soon as, as soon as I get the pictures, I'll um, attach them and send it. And so I closed my laptop and carried on with the day. Right. And then I just totally forgot. No more notifications forgot, coming. No notification came up, totally <laughs> forgot to send it. So mm. yeah, calendars, they're so important. Yeah. Especially when you become to rely on them eventually, once you get used to using them and then shouldn't have shouldn't have left it to Sunday. I mean I'll because during the week you've got a notepad with you, right? Even though you have things in the calendar, you know, um to remind you during the week. It's good to keep a notepad just to remember, okay, like one of the things you were supposed to do that you got a notification for at nine AM this morning was to call insurance to get the insurance set up. Well, if you call insurance and get a voicemail. That means that you're not going to get another notification on your email. So you might want to write it down that called insurance, left a voicemail, follow up. And then at the end of the day, what you can do is if anything didn't get done, you can add it to tomorrow's list or add it into the calendar to call them again, right? You got to figure out some sort of system for yourself um, because however you, however you like it, right? Me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a notepad kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, while I'm driving, ask Gabby to put things in the calendar for me, um, which is super annoying for her. Drives me crazy. I guess I don't have an, I can't write while I'm, while I'm driving. And I certainly can't stop the car and put it in the calendar. You, can, you can talk to Siri. Siri won't put it into Google. I've tried. <laughs> um, but you got to figure out whatever way works for you because this we're, we're, we're full-time real estate investors and we're missing things. I can't imagine what it would be like. I remember what it was like, but I can't imagine what it's like if you had a busy job during the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, on my break, I'm going to call insurance to get that set up. And I also need to call uh, Epcor set up utilities and you're on hold and you're on hold, you're on hold. And then like your 15 minute break is up and you're like, fuck. And you got to hang up. Hopefully you wrote that down so you don't forget. 
right? Yeah. Because if you don't set up utilities, then you know what I mean? It's just, it'll get missed. It's a lot of, I remember what it was like as an, as an employee and an investor. It was very difficult because you're trying to basically have two jobs at the same time, right? Yeah. So a good calendar and a good organizer, whether that be a notepad. I always had a notepad in my, in my work vehicle and you can keep a notepad on your desk as well at work. You know, they don't need to know what the fuck it is. Right. Just have a little notepad and, and, you know, close it when you're done and just make notes, especially if like while you're working, you're ticking away and you think about, oh, shoot, I forgot to do that. Or, oh, shoot. Hey, I should call that person. Just make a note of it. Yeah. So that way, at the end of the day, you know, when you're sitting in your car and before you go back in the house, you can take care of a few phone calls on the way home or whichever else. Right. Yeah. Anyone else have any good uh, tips, tricks? For organization and making sure that you don't forget, you know, tasks and like uh, task reminders, task organizers, calendars. I'd love to hear what you guys use, what what tips you guys have, how you guys are organizing stuff. Maybe we can chat about that today. Put it in the comments. Gabby will keep an eye on it and we'll just keep going on with the other things we are going to talk about here. Um, I don't think there's really any other upcoming events. Oh, uh, this Sunday. This Sunday, we have our Raising Capital Mastermind. Um, that's Sunday from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. That is exclusive to the REI Masters uh, mentorship group. So if you guys want to get in on workshops and masterminds like this, you got to be part of REI Masters. You got to join the mentorship group. There's lots and lots and lots of stuff coming up. Um, this Sunday is the Raising Capital Mastermind. And then on uh, October 22nd, we've got uh, Introduction to Multifamily. So lots and lots of cool stuff. It's all yeah. free. Yeah, and actually on this Wednesday, Wayne, you are speaking at the Mobile Mastermind. Son of a bitch, you're right. <laughs> I am. Um, yes, I'll be speaking at the Mobile Mastermind in Edmonton this Wednesday on Agreement for Sales. Um, specifically, um, my presentation is going to be on how to utilize Agreement for Sales as a seller, mm -hmm. which is something that I really love. I don't buy agreement for sales. Like I don't source out private sellers and, and buy agreement for sales anymore. Um, just not my focus right now. That was what we did early on in the game to build up our portfolio. But now um, a, a, a big chunk of my business is selling properties with agreement for sale. So um, I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to be talking about the benefits of that and the opportunities right now in this market. Um, if you're struggling to sell, um, yeah, so that's, that's coming up on Wednesday. Very um, cool. Tickets for that. Uh, I will put in the real estate investing masters Facebook group. Is it a free, free event? It's free event. Yep. Yeah. It's free. It's live in person. Um, it's at the creative hive in Edmonton. It's a really cool venue. It's a very little hip little venue. Yeah. Um, I will get the link for that. I should have had that link ready. Um, if you cannot find it for whatever reason, just go uh, look up uh, Mogul Realty on Facebook and uh, then link should be there. I'm really bad for that, eh? Yeah. Like not having information ready. <laughs> it's okay. I live off my calendar. I don't remember things. Yeah. Um, it allows me to keep my head space clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It Patrick mentioned in here that um, they use a shared OneNote. Okay. We used OneNote before? No. Um, no, maybe. 
million cell phone alarms with different sounds. <laughs> Did our milk go bad? I don't know why. Oh, my coffee's chunky. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just eating chunks. <laughs> Did you wash my face? Yeah. Just like picking chunks in my mouth? Well, that's not a good start. <laughs> Happy Monday. Uh, if I recall, it was the 23rd the milk was good too. But typically, you got some time, right? I don't think we had time. There's no time. Sorry about that. I didn't even check. That's okay. <laughs> Not that I would have been able to do anything about it, but. You didn't hear the big kadunk kadunks when, when you're pouring the milk in? No, it looked perfectly fine. Kadunk, kadunk. <laughs> looked perfectly fine. How'd it smell? I didn't smell it. It's okay. I mean. And my darn nose is still stuffed up. I'm still congested. How annoying don't, is that? Don't make this about you. I'm the <laughs> one eating or drinking a chunky coffee. I'll just be enjoying mine over here. Oh, because you drink oat milk? Mm hmm Oh, must be nice. Good morning, Chasten. I'm just going through the comments here, seeing the good mornings. Got to hang out with Chasten a little bit yesterday. That was nice. Okay. Uh, Diane says, I use Amazing Marvin app for keeping organized. You can try it for free for 30 days or so. It's very flexible for the way you want to organize. I have never heard of it. Mm. Uh, Ken was at the rain event this weekend and they shared an interesting spreadsheet to track lifespan of fixtures, appliances, and infrastructure of properties. I haven't dug into it yet, but it looks interesting. Yeah, I remember that. They, they, uh, we got that years ago. Um, I really like that spreadsheet uh, when I was getting started out because it gives... <laughs> it's um i think i've talked about this in some friday live training or something like that talking about you know how to properly plan for your reserve fund yeah. for your uh properties and if you're buying a turnkey new property mm -hmm. eh, depending on how long you plan on keeping that property the the spreadsheet doesn't really matter all that much however if you're buying a property that's you know got some character or maybe it's over 10 years old, that spreadsheet's extremely um, valuable because um, that'll help you determine how what percentage of your rent you should be setting aside for repairs and maintenance. Because yeah. a lot of people are like, oh yeah, um, the industry standard is 2%, so I put 2%. Or my realtor put 2% on, uh, on their performa. Or my realtor put 4%, whatever number they use. But... It really depends on the property that you're buying and how long you intend to keep it. Mm -hmm. If you're buying a brand new property and planning on selling it in eight years or 10 years, then you don't have to worry about roof. You don't have to worry about furnace, hot water tank, maybe windows. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of that stuff, even appliances might be okay at that point. But if you're planning on keeping it for 20 years, suddenly you need to be allocating a lot more funds to replacement of those um, uh, those fixtures and those appliances and, and, and the general infrastructure of the property, right? Yeah. Um, it's something to consider. And, and that's one of the big reasons why um, my plan was to never keep properties more than 10 years. Um, and whenever I buy a property that's a little bit older, I'm always looking at, okay, when do I need to replace this? When do I need to replace this? When do I need to replace this? 
What's the lifespan of this? And work my way backwards, add all those things up, and then divide it by the amount of months that uh, that we're planning on holding this property. Yeah. And that should be deter- that should determine. On top of that, just general maintenance, right? Yeah. You know, gutter cleanings, window cleanings, house cleanings, um, furnace cleaning, furnace filters. Help me out here, Gabby. I think you hit most of them. Yeah. You know, general maintenance. You know, sometimes you're going to have plumbing leaks. Tree trimming. Tree trimming. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. You got to add all of that in there and then divide it by the amount of months. If you're planning on keeping this property for more than 20 years, you got to divide it by 240 months. I'm just going to give, I'm just going to do some general numbers here because I love, I'm a numbers guy. Grinding out sewer lines. Sorry, I'm still thinking. I'm still trying to contribute. Okay. Um, so how many furnace cleanings, uh, furnace cleaning once a year, say on average? Uh, older property. Yeah. Okay. How much is a furnace cleaning? Uh, put me on the spot here. 250? No, uh, under 200. I'm going to say 200. 200 once a year, 20 years. Is... If you're getting a proper real one where they actually clean the ducks. Right. <laughs> Four thousand. Oh, okay. Seven thousand for furnace. Roof should be good, but it'll be getting close. Yeah. Um, hot water tank. Mm-hmm. They're good for ten years. Ten to fifteen, actually. Yeah, the new ones. I think they say ten years, don't they? So you need two. Twenty-five hundred times two is five thousand. Okay. Uh, first, changing filters. Twice a year? Three or four times a year, if you're smart. Okay. We're smart. Four times? We And we have an, uh, one of those new furnaces that takes the four-inch filters, so those mm. things are like... 25 bucks, $100 a year on average? That's uh, it's being nice. Okay. Well, it'll be nice today. Just to keep it moving. 2000 there. Uh, general plumbing repairs, 1000 Mm, light bulbs. 500? Every 20 years? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. 500 for electrical? Appliances. <laughs> okay, let's stay outside first. Let's stay outside. Gutter cleaning, uh, house cleaning, that kind of stuff. Um, trimming trees. Two grand? Three grand? Three grand. Big grand. Now let's go inside. Appliances. Oh, oh my God. If you're not following the manufacturer's manual on appliances, even just our, our dishwasher, we learned a lot this week. Just like we're so ignorant when it comes to appliances and like not vacuuming the filter, the front filter or whatever, the vents at the at the fridge, not cleaning out the drain hose, not cleaning out uh, the, um, the, the drain um, cover, or whatever in the dishwasher, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Making your appliances overwork, uh, washer and dryer, not properly maintaining those, not cleaning up the venting hose in the back and allowing it to vent properly, mm-hmm. causing that to overheat. So $1,500 for washer and dryer, right? On average. For what? Washer and dryer downstairs. For what? Replacement. 1500 Yeah, 700 each. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right, you're going to replace those. 1500 plus um, all the appliances upstairs. Let's assume you only have to replace them once in 20 years. 
Uh, three grand. Four or five. Is that what they're seriously up to now? Oh, you already uh, uh, yeah. accounted for the washer and dryer. Three? Yeah. Yeah. Three. Okay. What else am I missing? I think we got everything. That should, that should be pretty much it. I put a thousand bucks for plumbing, so that'll be the toilet and, you know, yeah. nonsense. So $27,000 over 20 years divided by 240 months, $112.50 a month. $112.50. If your From rent. Day one. Huh? From day one. From day one. If your rent is $1,700, that is 6.6%. For repairs and maintenance, not 2%. Because mm -hmm. if you're only collecting 2%, what's going to happen is over time, if you start with a $5,000 reserve, what should happen is $112.50 should go into that account every month, building that reserve up to 6000 to 7000 over the years, and then into 12000 then bam, furnace, yeah. dropping it down to 5000 and it goes back up to 6,000 to 7,000 to 8,000. Bam, new toilet, 150 bucks. But you sh your your reserve fund should always be growing and then deplete and then replenish and then deplete and then replenish and then deplete. But ideally what you want to do is you don't ever really want it below that $5,000 mark. Right? Yeah. And you should have a threshold as well. If your reserve fund gets below a certain amount, you should replenish it on your own with your own funds. But ideally Every month you should be adding your cash flow, a percentage of your cash flow, or sorry, a, per a percentage of your rent to be replenishing your reserve fund so that you never have to pull money out of your own pocket. And when 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 performers say 2% or 1%, that's just so that they can make the numbers look good for you to buy the property, right? In, in all reality, like this is a, I'm talking about a brand new property that you're planning on keeping for 20 years. And I probably missed a bunch of stuff. I didn't include um, replacing any flooring. I guarantee you carpet needs to be replaced in seven years, right? Vinyl plank probably in 10 years. Oh God, there's a lot I missed. Repainting. Yeah. That's seven grand. Flooring and carpet was three grand. Vinyl plank, another four grand. Oh fuck, now you need like 200 and something bucks a month. Holy shit, I forgot a lot. Unless you're just planning on just letting her go and just having burn marks and, you know, raggedy old carpet. You know what I mean? At what, like at what point? Yeah, painting even, every four or five years. What's that? Painting. Painting every four or five years, yeah. So, you know, you probably bump that repairs and maintenance up quite a bit. Now you can understand a lot of people that are like, oh, why do you sell every 10 years? Well, that's why. Because a lot of that stuff I'm not going to have to replace if I sell every 10 years. Because the, the, the relevance and desirability of that property is still going to be, like I said, relevant in 10 years. If you bought something in, in 2010 and tried to sell it, or 2012 and tried to sell it right now, it would still kind of sort of look new-ish. Not quite old, but like then if you go into a house that was built in, the, in 2001, you notice the difference. Yeah. The fixtures are completely different. The cabinets are different. The flooring is different. The paint colors are different. It looks old. In order for you to sell it at top price, you're going to need to update everything, which means you're going to need to do a $40,000 renovation, Yeah. right? So sell it while it's still all relevant. Sell it while it's still good. 
you may have to paint and do flooring once before, but if you're planning on keeping this thing forever, you know what I mean? And passing it on to your kids, just know that the, the general repairs and maintenance of that property need to be, um, need to be, the funds need to be set aside and allocated from your rent and cash flow in order to make sure that you have the money for that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it comes out of your pocket. But, um, anyways, Ken's comment, that's, that spreadsheet, you know, if you can have a spreadsheet to track the lifespan of fixtures and appliances and that kind of stuff, um, that can be extremely valuable uh, for helping you determine your reserve fund and how much to set aside for repairs and maintenance. Yeah, for sure. Ken also likes his 1962 Acadia bungalow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're just reading through the comments here. Uh, Don says, I have also used Asana with a group, Trello with my VA when I had one, and also when I was working with the lady in California. Um, Ken says, I change all bulbs to LED right away. It's a good idea. Longer lasting. Carlos says, it's quiet. Too quiet. She's just seen Carlos running around at networking on Saturday night. <laughs> Carlos knows how to work a room. <laughs> he had his own chair he was bringing around. He'd jump into one group and just like completely shake that group up and then he'd leave really quickly and then jump to another group. And <laughs> that was funny. Um, Carlos also says hot water tanks. Sorry, I'm being really loud today. I'm watching my, my audio spike. Um, he also says, uh, hot water tanks can last 30 years if you maintain them. Yeah. Back to what I was saying about appliances. Um, you got to read the manufacturer's manual. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's sediment that, 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 that accumulates in the bottom of a hot water tank over time because the calcium in the water and it corrodes your hot water tank if you don't drain it regularly, but people don't know that they're like, Oh, piece of shit, hot water tank doesn't last like it used to. I was just going to say like, that's for all appliances. Like we talk about how they don't last like they used to, but like they give us clear instructions that seem ridiculous. You get them and it's like once a month, run this through your washing machine. And it's like, you know, you're not going to do it, right? but then you bitch about it when it, when it craps out. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an expert on all of these things, but generally speaking in the sixties and seventies, um, things were generally cheaper and they were able to build them better with better quality materials and make them affordable and make them affordable. But as we kind of came into the seventies and the eighties, things got more expensive to make. So they started shipping all of our jobs down to Mexico, right? To keep affordability down. And they started trying to figure out where they can shave costs as much as possible materials so they could still keep it affordable to the end buyer, the consumer, right? And yeah, so, you know, 
the wall thickness of that hot water tank is probably significantly thinner and they're probably using a much uh, more cheaper composition of metal in order to, to get it out so that you can still afford that $800 hot water tank as opposed to paying $4,000, right? Um, just my, just assuming here, because I'm not an expert on this stuff, but they also have a manual. And if you've ever read it, you're like, oh shit, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm not doing all this regular stuff. No wonder. It, it's, it's so ignorant of us to be like, oh, Samsung's a piece of shit. But have we ever read the manual, the operator, their operator's manual <laughs> to actually, you know, operate it and maintain it properly? No. God, no. Have we been cleaning the filters? No. We just assume it's supposed to last for 20 years. And, um, and we're too busy for it. I get it. I'm too, I'm certainly too busy for it. The only time I ever react and try and fix it is when something's wrong and it's not working properly. Yeah. I started smelling like this weird, like garbage smell in my sink whenever the dishwasher is on. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Well, that's because the drain pipe is clogged. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we don't understand it. A plumber would have laughed at me. I mean, like, well, wait, the fucking drain pipe is clogged. Like you haven't cleaned that thing in five years. So yeah, obviously. And the water's not getting out. And did you notice that the water's pooling in the bottom of the dishwasher too? Like it says, it's not able to get out. So it's just sitting there. All your old moldy food is like literally just sitting there. A plumber would like, because a plumber understands it, but we don't understand it, right? An yeah. appliance technician would understand it, but we don't understand it. It's kind of like us like pointing our finger and laughing at tenants for doing dumb shit because they don't understand the act. They just don't read it. They don't know. They're ignorant. Yeah. Just like we are. So, I mean, if you want your appliances to last longer, you gotta, you gotta read the owner's manual or just replace it every three years, which is expensive, especially yeah. when this is your business Yeah. and this is your business. This is, that's extremely expensive. So here's your, here's your homework for today. Go grab all your manuals for all your appliances at your rental properties and read them. And in your task manager and calendar, what you should do is add in yearly and, 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 and biannual um, inspections on all of your appliances when you're doing your, you know, your inspections at your properties and pull out the drain pipe and clear it out and put, um, vinegar and, and water through it or whatever, baking soda through it, whatever they, you know, advise, get that all cleaned out to make sure that your dishwasher lasts longer, vacuum the, the vent in the front of your fridge to make sure that lasts longer. And it's got proper ventilation and, um, I don't know, give your stove a good cleaning too. There you go. There's your homework for today. No excuses now. Now, now, if you don't do it, now you're just ignorant. You and send your send your tenants like maintenance reminders as well, like twice a year, however often you're supposed to, but to clean out like the dishwasher filter. I don't know if you guys ever pull those out of your own, but they nasty. get nasty fast. So if those aren't cleaned out, you're going to blow your motor. But well, you can remind your tenants to do that. You don't need to go clean those out. Like remind them that, you know, please make sure you're cleaning these out. You know, this is your biannual reminder and should the it get super clogged and the motor breakdown it will be your well expense. what you can do just like a communications agreement is you can have a general maintenance agreement as well yeah and have steps for general maintenance of the property yeah right you are expected to clean yeah. the gutters once a year because yeah. there's a pine tree um you're expected to clean all the weeds along the exterior of the property i don't think he, i don't think cleaning gutters is a tenant's responsibility Says who? Me. Who are you? That's like that's like general property. That would be like asking them to insure the building, I think. 
But where does it say that they don't have to? It doesn't. So if you have a general maintenance agreement, we could be we today today could be the day that we're setting a standard. If all landlords set that standard today, then that will be the new standard. But there's no, it does not say in the RTA that it's not their responsibility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's just the norm. Well, why don't we create a new norm? Why don't we create a new standard? Right? Just saying. I mean, or we can hire people out to do it. It costs a lot of money to get that done. And I'm certainly not hopping on a roof and cleaning all the gunk out of the gutters. But let's excuse gutters for a second. Let's say that, you know, vacuuming the bottom of the, the yeah. fridge, cleaning it out and giving it a good wipe once a year and cleaning out that filter in the dishwasher. Yeah. By the way, the reason why that thing gets so dirty is because um, all those commercials, you know, for, for the dishwashers and for the, um, the jet, the jet dry, you know what I mean? And the, um, the, the dishwasher soap, they say, look, I can throw it in like this. This thing's got a steak bone on it and it comes out clean. I mean, where does the steak bone go? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's, it's sitting in the filter, like halfway. Or in your drain in. pipe. Yeah, or stuck in your drain pipe because the commercial said it's okay. Um, and that's that's not us saying that. That's, that's dumb tenants that are just assuming that, oh, I can just throw it in like that. No big deal. Yeah. It's got, you know, half a plate of macaroni on it. It'll get through. Yeah. But it just gets stuck in the filter, right? Yeah. And if they're not cleaning the filter, then it's not getting drained properly. Right? Yeah. Another one is those uh, on the newer houses, the HRV systems. Oh, fuck Those me. filters need to be run through the dishwasher, I don't know, at least a few times a year, I think. Can't quite remember off the top of my head, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting lots of uh, tips on hot water tanks that I missed here earlier. Yeah, I wanted to... Um, okay, so yeah, there was two comments about... Um, draining your hot water tank and changing the rod yearly and that your hot water tank will last forever. And I know that it's actually a a fairly simple process that some people probably would be able to do themselves, Mm -hmm. but other people who that's just beyond what um, they can kind of comprehend and would do themselves. So my question is, I mean, we've had it done, but I don't remember the cost, but how much does it cost to hire a plumber to come out and change that rod? To, to do the drain and to change the rod and to, I don't I don't know what rod they're are they talking about like the dip tube or yeah is that what it is he called I'm it an anode sure. I don't I'm pretty sure that's what they're talking about um but my question is is how much does it cost somebody to do that because like I know that hiring out a plumber they're they're not cheap plumbers are pretty expensive he said not the they're dri- skilled trades not the drip tube uh the anode on the top so oh what's that I don't know see we don't even know. <laughs> um, just quickly Google, um, what Carlos had said, you know, um, replace the, is it what replace the anode? Yeah. Uh, once a year or whichever else. And, um, all you gotta do is grab a uh, garden hose. And if you look at the bottom of your hot water tank, um, there is a male end that you would just put your female end of your garden hose to. Um, and then in your basement near your hot water tank, you should have a drain on the floor, a floor drain, and then just, um, Un, uh, open up the valve at the bottom of the hot water tank and then just all the water will come out. It'll take a little while because it's coming through a hose, um, but completely drain it. And then, uh, oh, first, I <laughs> should have thought about this before I talked. Turn the water off first. <laughs> um, so there's a valve at the top of the, um, of the hot water tank, which will turn the water supply off. So that way no water is coming into the hot water tank. Okay. Turn the water supply off first, then drain it, completely drain it. And then when you're done, um, you can close the valve on the bottom 
which is like the little spigot and uh, and then turn the water back on and that will refill the hot water tank. Make sense? Yeah. There you go. Just do that. I don't know. Whatever the, whatever the manual says on it, your hot water tank probably has a manual hanging on it or stuck to it. Are you looking up anodes? Yeah. I was just curious. What do you got? Um, nothing. nothing yet? Okay. <laughs> Carlos says it'll cost less than 100 bucks for someone to come out and do general maintenance. So if you think cool. about that. That's good. Yeah. It, it, you know what you can also do? You can hire an appliance. I wonder if appliance technicians will do like a yearly maintenance on your appliances as well. They come out. They don't, you know, it's one trip, right? It's one call out. How long would it take for an appliance tech who knows what the hell they're doing? To make one trip out, normally it's like an $80 call out, right? Yeah. You know what? So if they're out for two hours, like 180 bucks, maybe 300 bucks to come out once a year. This is actually a really good idea because considering how many appliances we go through, I think this is way better. Get them to come out once a year, add it into the calendar and get them to do general maintenance on all of our appliances and then get a plumber to come out for a hundred bucks to drain the tank. Cause it's probably again, one hour for them as well. Right. One hour call out and then change some sort of an anode, whatever the hell it is. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. And like Carlos said, it'll last 30 years. Yeah. I mean, we do it for our furnaces, right? We oh. get our furnace. Well, if you're not dumb, sorry, you get your furnace and ducts cleaned <laughs> <laughs> every year or two. And, but it's the same thing. Like if you don't do that, your furnace is overworking and it's going to crap out. You change your furnace filters again, yeah. if you're not dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also another thing on that is on, on the furnace front is make sure that whoever you're hiring includes um, cleaning out your dryer vents. True. Yeah. Cause that's also going to either burn your house down if you don't or crap out your dryer cause it's working too hard. So all these things. Well, you know what? It's not even like that. You talk about dryer? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> I thought you were talking about furnace. Um, yeah. Sorry. I was just typing something. Um, but with the furnace, I mean, it's not necessarily just about like the, you know, the, um, it, it's not like the furnace crops out. It's like the switch or the igniter or this sensor or something like that, because it's working too hard. You probably spend four grand in repairs in that furnace before you even replace it. And that's another thing I didn't even consider when we were going through those costs earlier, those expenses. It's not like you just wait 20 years and then the furnace is done. No, it's like you spend four grand in like random winter call outs, midnight call outs because someone calls who they turn the heat on and there's no heat and my house is three degrees. You know what I mean? There's all those random $700 call outs. Um, All these things that people don't consider when they buy real estate is that you, you really need to allocate those funds. Um, for that type of stuff. Yeah. And I started off with a very basic number and it ended up being 6.6% repairs and maintenance yeah. as opposed to two. But now it's suddenly with all the stuff we're talking about, suddenly we're creeping over 10%. Yeah. Not to say that you need to, but again, with proper um, scheduling, with proper note keeping and, 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 a, and a good calendar, you can be proactive and set up general yearly maintenance or buy annual maintenance for these things to make them last significantly longer. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not talking like I'm, I'm perfect. We're, we're actually, as we're talking right now, we're coming up with ideas <laughs> because we've been so busy that we've never implemented stuff like this. No, don't get me wrong. 
um, Gabby and I used to have lots of lists like this saying that we would implement these things. But as we started buying more and more and more properties, we got more and more and more and more busy and then we never did it. Yeah. And we talk about stuff like this all the time in regards to taxes and bookkeeping and, and proper um, filing systems. You got to do it early on. Otherwise you get so busy that you forget to implement these things. Yeah. And then it just, you, you, Oh wow, look how successful I am. But if I looked at your books, I probably see that you're like, the, the expenses that you're, that you're, you know, the money that you're burning on just dumb stuff because you don't have good systems in place. You know, your bottom line isn't looking very good. Yeah. And just while we're on the topic of like maintenance and stuff, um, this is a great time of year to send out a reminder to your tenants about um, like fall maintenance and about making sure that the, the yard is cleaned up and that the, you know, if you have a humidifier that it's at the appropriate setting for the t um, outside temperatures, um, about like all those different things. If there's an HRV system, you need to adjust the humidity in the house. Mm -hmm. um, so all those types of things that can end in expensive repairs. Um, now's a good time to start composing an email and sending that out to your tenants. Yeah. On what the expectation is for them to do while the weather changes. Oh well, yeah, you can't expect them to remember what what they signed for on a on a sixteen page lease yeah. nine months ago. Yeah. Turning really, those ACs off and yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. If you've yeah. got covers for your AC, you know you want to you want to put the cover. Well, clean it first. Clean the air conditioner outside give it a good spray with a hose you know make sure you clean off all of the um the fins on the outside and you know the, the, whatever the parts are called right and make sure it's all clear um throw the cover on top of it and then uh there's a switch on the exterior as well um normally there's a little electrical box out there and then there you just grab the switch and either click it off or flip it to the other the other side to make sure that's off right yeah um you're gonna want to drain all of your um exterior hose, hose bibs, bibs yeah. right? And turn those things off as well to make sure you don't have any frozen lines. Oh God, we, we always wait till the, the first snowfall and then we're like, shit, because <laughs> we're still watering the lawn up until that point. But now is a good time. Now is a good time as like our overnights are, are dipping closer and closer to zero. You, um, it's just better to get it done now. And you know, that's not necessarily stuff for your, uh, for your tenants to do, but that's, that's stuff for your, you know, your quarterly inspection in the fall. Right. Um, but there are things that your tenants should be focusing on as well. Yeah. And give them, you know, the heads up. Hey, you know, just a reminder, you know, no, there's no more long cutting, but it's time for snow, snow removal and make sure that you are getting it within the 24 hours as required by the, the city or whatever your city requires for um, snow removal on sidewalks. Mm -hmm. Right. And Wilson says, if you own more than one property, I highly suggest you get an electric space heater. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, what? if you do have furnaces crap out and it's whatever, you're getting an emergency call in the middle of the night and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, those little space heaters or even the gas ones um, can save you a bundle of money on emergency call outs. Wilson says, or call me and I'll rent mine. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a really good point. I remember one of the first networking events I ever went to. Oh, it looks like our child is up. Come on in, kiddo. 
I remember one of the first networking events, uh, real estate networking events I ever went to. And um, I was scared shitless. Like just like, I don't know, definitely the youngest person in the room. Um, And just completely intimidated by everyone. Didn't want to talk to anyone. Didn't want to go sit. I I sat at a table by myself, you know what I mean? Just hoping people come over. You know, you don't want to strike up any conversations. And um, I was going to the washroom and uh, there was was a gentleman older than I was. Um, And uh, and he just said hi and shook my hand and and just started talking. And uh, he basically led the whole conversation, but he was talking about, you know, it being winter now. And I don't know why he brought it up. I can't remember what like, the context of the conversation, but he, uh, he recommended that I go and get electric baseboard heaters, but he said, don't buy them from Canadian tire or, or home Depot or anything like that. He said, just go find them used. So he would go to, um, garage sales and he'd look on Kijiji and he'd look for like cheap baseboard heaters for like 10 or 20 bucks. And he said he would also buy, um, what do you call them? Big golf bags. You know, the yeah. big golf bags, like the, tr- not golf bags, but travel bags for golf clubs, Yeah. you know, like, or like, um, the type of big bags for like uh, hockey players that put their hockey sticks and stuff in yeah. it because they're just long enough to fit those big baseboard heaters. Yeah. And he said he would buy them and he would stuff them all into like those, those big golf bags. And, um, whenever there was a furnace that was out, um, rather than calling, the 24 hour number and paying three times as much for a call out, he would just go drive down there and he'd plug in the baseboard heaters. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes he said, if they had a garage, I would leave a few in, um, in their garage and let them know that it's there, put it on the walk-in inspection that we have those provided. And if anything ever happens to go plug those things in, yeah. in an event, the event of emergency, I always thought that was really cool. Um, it's something that I really wanted to do. Um, but again, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, once you start buying more and more and more and more properties, it's like, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. So it's, uh, but again, if you could, if that's something you can implement early on, that's a great, great strategy, mm-hmm. right? At the very least, just leave a few in each of your garages or in the basement underneath the stairs, right? So that way, you know, if something was to happen and you can't get someone out to that, that property for a few hours, if that, if that person's got, kids and newborn you know what i mean you want to make sure that they have a nice you know warm home and and things happen and if they gotta, don't have kids though screw it then they can freeze <laughs> yeah. um yeah okay that was a good conversation today about repairs and maintenance yeah, thanks random. ken <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Uh, for those of you guys that are tuning in a little bit later, um, uh, Ken had brought up a um, how he did a, a rain event this weekend, uh, and they, they gave him a spreadsheet uh, for the lifespan of all materials. And that's where this, this conversation stemmed from. Um, while he was there, uh, we were at the AFS Agreement for Sale workshop this weekend, mm-hmm. which was dope. Indeed. Always is. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So we spent all day Saturday um, talking about agreement for sales. Uh, it, it, that was, I'm a little, I'm still tired. Me I'm too. still winding down from it. That was a very, very long day. Um, there was 
tons of questions. I was going to say a very engaged audience. Yeah. Oh, so you left early because you had to go pick up the kid. Yeah. yeah. They didn't let me ask my questions. <laughs> Donna's here. I can see her here. Donna cut me off because there was so many questions by the, by the attendees yeah. that they're like, no, you're not allowed to. <laughs> they cut me off. What time did it end? 6.30. Oh, wow. Yeah. We went like an hour and a half into like Q&A. I, I thought I left hour. just a few minutes early, but I guess like 45 minutes early. <laughs> I had questions, Donna. She says I have no questions. I had questions. He always has questions. I had good questions too. Um, <laughs> but all in all, like I, I, I honestly, I, I said it, I said it there and I'll say it again. That was probably the best one I've been to yet. Yeah. Um, every, it seemed like everyone came with a general understanding of agreement for sale and for an AFS intensive that's kind of what you're hoping for, right? Yeah. So you can get into. You can dive into the deep stuff. Yeah. And it seemed like nobody went into the shallow end first. Everyone went right into the deep end within like the first hour or two. And uh, it was some really good discussions. And it wasn't too overwhelming. Um, I asked around in the room and like, is anyone having trouble here? Is anyone like not getting it? And everybody got it. So like not only were the questions really good, but the answers from the focus team were all like really good and solid to the point where no one was falling behind. So um, I'm super excited to watch the 40, 50 some odd people over the next few weeks to see who's actually going to take some action mm -hmm. and who's going to get some, you know, get their first damn deal. Absolutely. So I was excited to see what people do with it. Yeah. Donna says in the here and she's in the comments, she said, uh, the recording is going to be so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Okay, Gab. What are we doing today? Taxes. <laughs> yeah. I um I gotta prep for that uh mogul mastermind presentation yeah. on Wednesday. Do some last minute prepping. Um we had uh, probably just emails and phone calls, right? What's Carlos going on about? I don't know. The people want networking tips. There's five minutes left in the show, Carlos. <laughs> you want networking tips. You want to meet lots of people and build a good network? Follow Carlos. Follow, go to a networking event, find out the networking events that Carlos is going to go to and follow him. And basically just when he's getting everyone's information, he's asking all the questions. You can just follow behind and get all their phone numbers. There you go. <laughs> Voila. There is my networking hack. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the show today. I don't really want to get into like a whole topic and then go over. No, um, anything else that we didn't cover, Gab? No. Okay, guys, I'm going to let you out of class early today. <laughs> um, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of great tips and strategies for repairs and maintenance today. So I strongly, strongly urge you to re-listen to this episode and, you know, put some things in place now. Uh, even if you're at 10 properties, even if you're at 30 properties, it's never too late, you know, to put the stuff in place. And uh, this is this is your business, right? This is your business and you need to treat it like a business. So um, 
anything you can do to save some money to make your bottom line, you know, uh, to increase your bottom line and make it more profitable and make it more profitable for your joint venture partners, you should do it. So today's the day. Go read some manuals. Have a great Monday. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 